Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Kristen Miliotti to talk all about her series, The Resort. And I was actually really interested in, in kind of what your inroad into finding and developing this character was because she's at such a place of stagnation in her life. And so I was interested if that place of, of stasis was really the entry point to her, or if it was the idea of building out who she probably was before she reached that point and kind of how she would have ended up there. It's a really good question. Um, no, I, I think I started from the stasis. I mean, I had my ideas of who she was and we get that great flashback scene. And um, I definitely had thoughts about who she was before sort of everything goes off the rails for her, but her stasis and her numbness is really like where I sort of, that like was my entry point with her for sure. And how in depth did you want to go in terms of what's the day to day in her world probably like before she arrives on this vacation and before we meet her in the series? Because I've heard you kind of describe it. You kind of see her as someone that probably drinks a lot to numb herself, yeah. probably sleeps a lot to just trying to do everything that she can to just escape feeling things and addressing yeah. things. Yeah, I had my thoughts. She's also a teacher. She also like, I had my thoughts about how she sort of tumbled into her life. And there's a lot you find out about her as, the, I don't know how many episodes you've seen. I've seen the whole thing. Oh my God, you have. <laughs> I haven't even seen the whole thing. It's good. It turned out well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're the only person I've talked to who has seen the whole thing. Oh. Okay. Wow. So, you know, uh, you find out more and more about her and why she's in the place that she's in. Um, but I had my own specifics about what happened to her, but sort of all of it, you know, that's just for my own process. And um, it's sometimes helpful to do those things and then not throw them out the window, but just sort of be like, okay, they're there and just focus on the scenes. And we did so many different, there's so many different versions of that first episode. We did so many versions in complete silence, which I really liked. Um, and like, you know, really exploring what their um, dynamic is and specifically what her, yeah, what her stasis is. Yeah, I like that you're bringing up that there were kind of more versions going into that space of silence, because even in the the final version of all these episodes, there are so many moments where there's things that because of how much she's pushing everything down and just never said out loud, you know, never addressed. Um, and so what was your approach in kind of working with the dialogue and really thinking about it in that way of, you know, this is what she is saying out loud, but here's all the subtext of everything that she's pushing down within those words. Yeah, I mean, luckily, Andy's writing takes care of a lot of that, and which is which is very helpful and like the best place that you could start. Um, and then something that I, I don't know, I tried to do was sort of, I think people who are not okay, who are not feeling okay, will oftentimes do everything in their power to convince people around them that they are, because they don't want to be asked certain things. And I think that's really what she is and she's just doing a terrible job but so like that was very helpful I think in terms of like she is such a bad communicator but when you first see her you're like oh I don't know she seems like yeah she seems a little unhappy but like you have no idea just how much she's pushing down which is what I find to be you know kind of how the world works like you never know who you're sitting next to on a bus and like what they've gone through and and just by looking at them you wouldn't know that there's maybe like a I mean, we all are sitting on top of like volcanoes of experience, but um, yeah, figuring out her non-communication was also um, 
a, a helpful way in as well. Yeah. And with you saying, you know, how much came from Andy's writing and, and obviously this being a collaboration that you're coming back to and, and feeling very at home in the way that he writes, did that mm-hmm. also help in just having an immediate understanding of like what the tone and what the voice of the show was going to be as well? Because that's also something that feels very specific in the delivery of all the episodes. Yes, I do feel very at home in Andy's language and in his world. And I think just because we have a lot of we have very different tastes with some stuff. And then we have like very similar tastes with other things. And I, and I think it's like such a great balance. We really like balance. I feel very balanced out by Andy in like a beautiful way. And I just kind of really, I love his brain so much. And I, I feel a lot of times, like we don't even need to talk about something that much. I just kind of like understand what he is doing, which is really, really nice. Um, and he's also very collaborative too. And, and so was Ben Sinclair who did the first four. Um, and so were our other directors as well. But Ben especially has like a huge background in improv because of high maintenance. And he's very, and he's also an actor. So like there was there was a lot to explore there. And Andy's very open to all, all types of like, all right, we're going to throw all the way lines away now and just do takes in complete silence. Okay. We're going to throw this line out. And actually I was thinking in the last take, I, I, this alt came to my mind and like, let's try that. Like, it feels very, it was a brutal schedule, but we still found pockets to like, uh, dig. I have no idea if I'm answering your questions or if I'm just rambling. No, no, no. Those are great details. And, okay. you know, I, I'm so glad that as well that you're bringing up Ben directing those first few episodes as well and, and just kind of what that really brought to the table. And so what did a lot of that collaborative style look like in terms of how the two of you would figure out elements of scenes together, especially with that that kind of language that he comes at from also being an actor and kind of knowing the the space on the other side of the camera as well as being in the show himself? Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I, I was a huge fan of High Maintenance and um, I've met Ben a couple times and it's always a real treat to be directed by an actor who also knows how to direct because that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, I'm an actor and I don't think I could direct. Like, I just, I think it's a different language. It, in order to like learn an actor's language and help them out of their own way, that's like a very specific skill that um, I don't think is... Uh, I don't know. It's not easy to come by. And I think he has like the best of both worlds. He really understands a scene. He's been on the other side of things. He's very like, let's try everything. There's no such thing as right or wrong. Whereas I think sometimes directors who come at it from a more technical aspect can be like, it has to do, it has to thread this needle in order for, which is also helpful in its own way. It's like, you need both. And I think, um, he was just so helpful in sort of making me feel like I could try anything and uh, not being afraid to go too big or too small or too weird or too off the rails because also what we're trying to capture is very human behavior. And some of my favorite things in the first um, in the first couple episodes that I've seen are things that were improvised with Will and I that are just, they have nothing to do with anything. They're just kind of like texture of us being together yeah yeah you know and and speaking of William Jackson Harper as well what what I find so fascinating in watching this couple existing in this show is the place that they're in where there's not this huge conflict that they're having they're not constantly arguing there's nothing kind of on the surface that to passes by would be visibly wrong in the relationship and at the same time they're also not in a great place it's that that really interesting middle ground of just 
that it's it's just comfortable enough it's not quite wrong enough to break apart so we're just kind of muddling through and so how did the two of you approach kind of figuring out the dynamic of of what that looked like and and how that was going to be the specific place of the relationship I mean a lot of that was we definitely talked about it you know me Will Andy and Ben but a lot of it comes from Will's brilliance as an actor like I, I feel He's one of my favorite actors I've ever gotten to work with. And we did a play a couple of years ago where we also played a couple on the brink of divorce. And um, so I think that feels very familiar to us. And that play could not have been more different than this. And those characters could not have been more different. But we have gone to like very uncomfortable places together. I think we're very comfortable with each other in discomfort, if that makes sense, just because we had to do it so many times. And he's such a remarkable human being and such a remarkable actor that I think because I trust him so much on both fronts, I trust him in a scene, I trust him at lunch, like he's just the best. Um, That I think we're very comfortable around each other in silence and there's a, a genuine love there, but then we're also willing to sort of push it to where it needs to go. But I, that was definitely a line that we really tried to tread. We tried a bunch of different things. We had, we did try like the more bickering stuff. We tried, again, my favorite stuff, which some of it didn't make it in there, but like just not talking at all, just like complete, like people that you see having dinner in complete silence um, that didn't make it in for time. And um, yeah, I think that was, we just kind of really tried to explore, like, I'm sorry, I just chilled for my own spit. That was disgusting. Um, we just really tried to explore Um, like that sort of, to your point, like a well-worn almost friendship where like, it's just easier to stay than go, even though you're both atrophying. And, um, yeah, we talked a lot about that and tried a lot of different things to, so I'm glad that that came across. And then the dynamic kind of does does shift and kind of find a little bit of spark between them again. And like you said, there's that great moment where we do get to see a flashback in their relationship, but also through the kind of like what's ignited in both of them as they try to uncover and and solve this mystery. It feels like that's a real viewpoint into the past version of their relationship as well. And so how did you want to use the present and kind of what they're rediscovering and igniting in themselves to kind of reflect some of the past history of where their relationship had started off at? Well, I think that flashback scene was so helpful for that because I think that something we talked about and something that we experienced in that scene, that entire scene, that's almost entirely improvised. The beginning is like scripted, like with everyone taking their clothes off and some sort of some of it with like the thermos and like, hi, I'm Emma, I'm Noah, blah, blah, blah. But all the stuff about like the raw sewage, like that was all, that was all Will making me laugh so hard. And um, I think that was so helpful for us to find that, like this relationship started in such a place of lightness and like, it was very golden, which is how all relationships start, right? In the beginning, you're, it's always that, but that like, these were people who really loved to laugh together and really connected over like bits and um, yeah, making each other giggle and that they have not laughed together in years. Or if they do, it's like forced or it's put upon to sort of like hearken back to something that, isn't there anymore. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I really like about this show is that even though they're sort of using this mystery to avoid the conflict in their marriage and the fact that their marriage is maybe dying, um, it does, it's like a form of time travel for them. 
to like get back to a place where they were united and where they were laughing, but then it just goes so far. I mean, it gets there for like a second and then it just goes like so far off the rails that it's, they kind of lose that, but it's what, um, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. And and with that idea as well, that it is just kind of a very different version of a distraction and, and still yeah. not having those conversations as well. Um, you know, there's such a spark in your character once she kind of goes on this journey and starts trying to figure this out. And so for you, what was that approach in terms of what does it look like now that she's suppressing and pushing things down in a completely different way, but there is kind of this joy that's coming to the surface in her at the same time? I mean, without giving too much away, I sort of, I think I like really played around with the idea of someone possessed. I think she becomes possessed by this idea that she can, how do I say this without spoiling anything? That she can return to her formal, former self, that you can, that you can return to your old brain and your old sense of hope and all these things. And that um, I also think that for her, it becomes like a drug. It's like a joy drug. Like she just hasn't felt joy or has, she hasn't looked forward to anything in such a long time that like, even though this is kind of a dark case, like it's, it's like someone, um, uh, yeah, who like can't stop doing cocaine or something. It's like bump after bump after bump after bump. And she just, um, it's almost like doing snorting lines of her old self is kind of like what I tried to do sometimes. I love that imagery. I don't think you would, no one's going to watch it being like, oh, she's snorting lines of her old self. But like, I think that that sort of is part of her possession and um, part of her drive, certainly, but also why she like, you know, like there's a moment in, um, I don't think this will be giving anything away. Episode four, where they're dealing with a situation um, with Balthazar and like she may have just committed a crime and she's so unaware of it because she's so obsessed with that phone that she's like, she's not even, she's not even in the room. She's already like, you know, in the past or in the future or anywhere but here. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a really interesting line in, in one of the episodes where she kind of likens the idea of being on vacation to just being a cycle of life. It's like you yeah. get excited by things, you try new things, but then gradually you still kind of fall back into these cycles and into the same right. traps. Um, and so how did you look at the, the character arc for her on this vacation as kind of being a reflection for the way that that exists in the world for her, if that's kind of the parallel that she ends up pulling as a character? Well, I didn't because that wasn't written until very much later. <laughs> so like, um, but I certainly had my own thoughts about, you know, I think she is spinning around in a drain around this one, around a thing that happened to her that she can't, she has never wanted to move through. And I think that like, she can, uh, she does all these things. Ugh, I, again, because I haven't seen later episodes, I don't know what made it in and what didn't. But there's a conversation she has, which again, don't know if it made it in, about how um, life feels like there's too much time to kill. And like, that was very helpful um, with her, of like someone who is just running out a clock 
and um, even when she's on vacation. And I feel like vacations, so I didn't know that like the, the vacation metaphor necessarily, but sometimes I think places like that have a, a sense that can be very relaxing of like suspending you in jelly where like time doesn't exist, your life doesn't exist, bills don't exist. Like you don't have to answer emails. You can, you can really be like, oh, I'm in a different like realm where I don't have to be anywhere. And, and it's like very, very enticing, but it's a very, yeah, it can be, I, I completely lost the thread. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. The, the simple answer yeah. is that I didn't know that line was there. <laughs> did, you, did you have all of the scripts at the beginning of filming or was some of it Andy filling in some of the gaps of where your character was going to go for you? Um, I didn't have all the scripts. I think I had the first four, but then him and I had like a massive many hours long phone call where he talked me through everything, but the ending changed a couple times and certain things that had been in there were shifted. But for the most part, like the big pillars of it stayed the same, the main story and, and what happens to Emma stayed the same. And there's a lot of moments as well for her where it almost feels like she's surprising herself at kind of the lengths that she goes to or things that she's yeah. even just capable of figuring out in the way that she approaches it, you know, or even just there's a moment where she picks up a golf club and that's yeah. unexpected. It's very clear that that's not something that she would traditionally yeah. do in her everyday yeah. life. And so how did you find the parameters of what are the moments where she's surprising herself and behaving in new ways against what are just heightened versions of, of the way that she's existed in the past? I mean, that's certainly a moment. Some of them were written in there and then some were stuff that we came up with on the day. Um, you know, I'm so happy to hear that, that you observed that because I also felt like that when I was performing it and when I was reading it, that like, this is someone who is so out of touch with, again, like sort of what I was saying earlier about like being possessed almost like she's so out of touch by choice with how she feels about things that um, she keeps getting surprised by like some deeper push that, um, gets her into all types of terrible situations. And um, yeah, I, I, I was, that, I think that was like one of the things I was really drawn to about her too. Um, I think it's, it's fascinating to play people who, and it's, it's a very, very common like human experience who don't really know what they're doing until they've already done it. I think that's something that we've like all experienced in some way or another. And because she is so much the conduit of, of the way that the audience also kind of learn and start to figure out a lot of these details as, as the series progresses as well. Did you and Andy talk about that at all? Like, what does she know? What has she figured out? When is she going to discover and kind of understand what this piece of information or what this detail gives her in trying to unravel everything? We did, but actually something I found really helpful in the end, like, I, I think in the beginning, I was getting really concerned with like, oh, the details of the, you know, what date and when the te this text came in. And obviously I have to be super clear on that or as clear as Emma is, if not clearer. Sometimes it was helpful if I would lose, if I would get confused about that stuff because she would as well. But actually Ben always made a really good point where he was like, don't think about that. This is not actually about like this isn't an episode of like Dateline. It's not, it actually, what is great about this show and I agree with him is that it's not at all about the mystery. Like it's it's superfluous very, very quickly. Like when they sent what text at what time, like it, it's really just about what it does, what, what it does to the people around it um, and what it did to the people within it. 
And um, so I think we sort of let that go pretty quickly. Like once the, the, the main things that you have to know are established, of course, they were like very well thought out. And there's the way that information is parsed through the show is also I I love how Andy has handled that. Um, but I tried not to get like too caught up in the weeds of like the actual beats of the like on December 24th, 2007 at 8 p.m. This, th- you know, like it because it does it. It's and she doesn't either. She like very quickly sort of gets swept away anyway. So that was useful. And in terms of the filming conditions as well, it sounds like it was a very challenging environment. You know, you're dealing with the extreme weather of intense heat and humidity, and then all of a sudden, you know, massive downpours that would come in the middle of a shooting day. And even just that with like the long hours, you're on location, so you're just completely immersed in it. What were some of the most challenging elements when it came to that? And especially with the fact that it is also quite a physical role and you're filming in those conditions. Well, also talking to you, again the only person who has seen the whole thing like really those last two episodes are are like uh, physically brutal and and they were they were like just seven I mean this whole shoot was we did nothing but 16 hour days um and you know Will and I are uh they had filmed sort of most of the 2007 stuff before I got there and um so once I got there it was like every single day um, in a hundred degree heat in like brutal conditions for months and months and months. Um, and it was brutal. I mean, it was, it, and I'm always like reticent to be like that shoot was hard because like what we get to do is so incredible. So it doesn't really matter, but it was actually quite helpful because that's what those characters are going through. This is, I'm playing someone who's never set foot in a jungle. And then I spend those last two episodes literally like macheteing my way you know, I don't think that spoils anything through like a crazy, crazy rainforest. Um, and so it was helpful to be that sort of tired and overwhelmed. Um, and also a lot of the places we shot had no cell reception and we were very, very close knit as a cast, but I think what that ended up doing in a way that I really love and you can kind of only get on location is that you are really like in the bubble of the show. Like, you know, we would like, of course, talk about our lives in between or whatever, but like it really sort of cemented us as an ensemble because we were together constantly, constantly with no way to like, you know, we didn't, we weren't anywhere near trailers. We weren't anywhere near, you just all sat together in folding chairs in the rainforest at a hundred degree heat for 17 hours a day five days a week for months on end. And it was like incredible because it gave us this laser focus. And also like, you know, that whole group is like a friend for life. And I don't know if we would have bonded quite at the level that we did if, if we hadn't had that. And also character wise, you know, going back to what you were saying at the beginning about just having a real level of of comfort with the writing, with the tone of the show very early on, you know, given that there was that that implicit trust and that comfort in that regard, at the same time, character-wise, what were some of the more challenging inroads or aspects of this character for you? The most challenging part was making sure that by the time you get to the end of the show, everything that has come before it makes sense in terms of her behavior. And I haven't seen it, so I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> you know, like I haven't, I'm like still doing ADR for it. Um, but I I think that was the hardest thing or the thing that I took the most seriously is like, how do you not give everything away? How do you keep your cards close to the chest like she would, but still honor 
what she's gone through and where she is and why, um, and what she is so desperate to reclaim. So, yeah, I think that was the most challenging part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in having watched all of the episodes, I would say that like, that's actually something that like really feels executed and really comes through in the Good. performance. And it was such a great series to get the chance to watch. So really appreciate you sharing all of these details about your character and, and making it. So thank you so much, Kristen. My pleasure. Thanks so much.